Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Excellence Expected with me, Mark Asquith. Now, this episode is something that I'm really, really keen to talk about. It's something that has plagued me, that has plagued so many friends and colleagues that I've come across in business. And the issue that we're going to challenge today is that small business sometimes doesn't mean being an entrepreneur. So if you're a small business owner, are you an entrepreneur or have you actually just created a job for yourself? And are you treating yourself and the business that you're in with the respect that you and it deserves? And I know it's something that is a really, really on fire topic at the minute as more and more people become entrepreneurs. I'm really, really looking forward to digging into this. And with me today is someone that has has walked that walk. They've gone down that path and actually come from, my guest today comes from a small trade-based business, but actually set up his own business, burned out within that business and walked away, left it alone to become much happier and much more productive and profitable. So I'm really, I really am looking forward to digging into this. So welcome to the show, Mr. Daniel Bowling. Welcome. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, Mark. I'm very excited to be here today. It's a real pleasure. I was saying the intro then and my words weren't coming out. I was that I'm that keen to talk about this because I think it's such a it really is an on fire topic at the minute and I feel really passionately about this. So before we dive in, let's talk about that journey. That's quite an interesting, interesting bio, if you like, you know, setting up a business and walking away from it. Just tell us a little bit about that. Well, it, most of us at this level never really <laughs> we don't even plan to have a business in the beginning. Just kind of you learn a trade or you're just paying the bills and you get better at a skill set. Next thing you know, you you hire some friends or somebody to help you out and then you run out of space at your house. So you rent a you know warehouse or something to work out of. Overnight, you realize one night you just now I am a business owner. I, <laughs> I have all this overhead. I have employees now. I'm trying to catch up and learn what it means to actually own a business. And it just it happens never very well planned and you just you let it take control of you and then you just wake up one day and you uh, you're working even worse than having a job you're owning your own job you can't just walk away from it it's all on your shoulders and it's it's an overwhelming process that sneaks up on you oh isn't it just and i know so many people you know through talking to people on excellence expected through just being in business in business myself that have done the same thing. They're working and they suddenly, they wake up to this realization that, as you said, they're not really reaping the the rewards of being a business owner. They're not, they're not having the better lifestyle. They've not got any better hours. They're working twice as hard, twice as long. And they're always, they have to be the last to get paid, especially if you're in a difficult situation financially. And you know, if you put that together, that's not, that's not the dream of business, is it? I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so. That's (laughs) not what I would set out to actually be after. Yeah, no one goes into business and says, I want to work twice as hard and earn half as much. And it, it does become like that sometimes. You can find yourself so bogged down. And, and frankly, a lot of the time, you don't know where to turn. So what you know, what led you to that realization that you need to just get out? And how did you go about that? You know, what, what was that feeling like? It was a very difficult decision. I actually, I postponed having my own business for quite a while while I was learning the skill set of reupholstery and uh, furniture design. My 
background growing up on a farm and around other tradesmen all of my life, my dad was at least fortunate enough to tell me, or I was fortunate enough for my dad to tell me, you know, don't go rushing into your own business. It's just, it's headache and you can't just leave the job and come home. It, it's always with you. So I was waiting to kind of, you know, until I felt ready. And then I kind of just fell into it because this guy that started a business ended up being a really good friend of mine. And he had all the quality skill sets that I didn't. He was the administrative, very organized, did the design engineering with me. And together we would build our own custom frames. And then it just worked really well. And together we were growing something here in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, somewhat of a reputation for high end, like reupholstery and also custom build where we were bringing technology into a very old trade that was not really utilizing any form of technology at that level. It's, um, we did something that most people weren't where we actually answered the phone. We were very organized and we used computers to engineer our frames together. We made a great team, but together we also got burned out because it's just constantly trying to get to the next level. And there's only so much of our time and then to find good help. That's impossible, especially in a very, you know, skilled trade to find somebody that you can rely on and is good at what they do. It was just a never ending search. So we decided what would get us to that next level. We decided to bring in somebody with money, somebody that had a business background and it just, it just really started falling apart that be careful what you wish for. I think is the phrase that I would use because now we had the business side, we had money to put into it and we were growing very quickly and becoming exactly what we wanted. But I was left still feeling lost. Obviously that wasn't the answer. So what do you do when you get exactly what you want? And it's not what you wanted. I decided, you know, just to walk away one day and my team that I built up just kind of, dispersed and we were all feeling the same thing. And it was a very hard decision to walk away from something that we built together. But here I am two years later, much happier and although still searching, but much happier. And that's what it's about. I mean, no one sets up in business to not be happy. And if you do, I mean, that's the ultimate sacrifice in terms of business is walking away from that. And to, I think personally, I believe too many people hold on to something that that is just not quite there. You know, they're not feeling passionate about it. You see at any level of business, you see so many people kind of going through the motions and it's back to that creating a job for themselves. And I just want to sort of touch on that just a second. The idea that when we set up in business by accident, when we sort of find ourselves having two or three or five employees, when we didn't expect to become a manager of people and we didn't expect to be needing to do finance and cash flow, and we didn't expect to be doing that. We set out as just a one man band and we were just earning our own living. That transition can be really, really, really tough. And you know, what can we do really? If we looking back at the experiences that you had, what theoretically would you have done different? You know, in the early, really in the early days of that, is there anything very specific that you would have done differently? Well, fortunately I, I didn't have to handle too much of the business side because that was my business partners, you know, area of expertise, or at least that was his position to find out anything we needed to know and kind of run the books. But if I had to do it without him figuring it out for me, I think get help early on and really figure out the direction that you want to go without putting blinders on and just pushing through because 
sometimes we see what we think as the end goal or the next step as we're told is the next step. We put our head down, push forward, and then years later, we look up and we're surprised at where we end up. So I would say really pay attention to exactly what your goal is and make sure you're sticking to that and be ready to pivot because things change as you go. I love the idea of pivoting. It comes up so, so often. And and what, what, I, what I firmly believe that it's very difficult to not take the type of work that you don't want to take, uh, which is a really odd phrase. But what I mean by that is that sometimes you can be so focused on having a business and wanting to have a business and achieve turnover targets at the, the cost of so much, including, as you stated so so rightly, that integrity to stick to your guns and follow your you know, it's really corny and cliche, but follow the dreams, but actually stick to your guns, aim for the goals that you want to aim for without taking the type of work that you know will either overwhelm you or isn't quite right for you or just doesn't feel natural for you. And, you know, when you think back to your you know original business that you were in, did you ever find yourself sometimes just unhappy, you know, turning up to work and actually wondering what you were doing and, you know, why am I doing this type of work? Or was it not the work side? It was the work all right. Was it something else that was causing the frustration? Yeah, every day <laughs> <laughs> at the end. And it can go as detailed as far down as actually saying the work itself, like that particular job that we accepted that we knew we shouldn't have. We're kind of reaching outside of our expertise we take on a job where our gut's telling us don't do it. So we charge three times as much as we normally would, hoping we don't get it. And then that's the one we end up getting. And then it's just like, we should have just turned it down. So learning when to say no is key. But then also, I mean, as far as big picture goes for your business, yeah, it, you want to make sure you're going in that right direction because yes, at the end, every day I question what we were doing because there was no like, yeah, we were finishing some really awesome projects and we were meeting deadlines. But then every once in a while, like I said, when I pick my head up and take those blinders off, I'd be like surprised. Like, why are we even here, though? So <laughs> I'm not sure if that answered the question, but it, it was very surprising where we ended up sometimes and how I actually got there day by day without realizing it was happening. I think that's a really good answer because I think that's the realism, you know, that's the actual turn up and that's how I feel, you know, we've all been there where we've taken jobs that our gut tells us aren't right. And we still take them in the early days. We still take them because we believe that either we can't let people down or we don't really know how to say no properly, or frankly, it's cash in the bank, but it's not really all about the cash, you know, cash flow has to be a priority, but this is what I'm really intrigued by is why bother having a business if all you're doing is earning cash? And that sounds crazy. It sounds crazy, but you don't want to create your own job that you hate. Why the heck would you do that? It's ridiculous to even to even think that. So just moving on. So you, you actually obviously walked out of the business. What was the next step for you? You must have been feeling really quite shell-shocked by that, or was it a relief? You know, what happened next? It was very much a relief to walk away from all of that on my shoulders because we had a team that we were paying for an overhead and just so much that I had to meet deadlines on every month just to break even that the realization of, wow, I could do only this fraction amount of the work that I was charging, you know, a lot of 
high prices for, but barely making a dent in our overhead. For me, with no overhead at the base level, I can make really good money and barely do the amount of work that I was expected to do before. So it was a huge relief. And in return, I doubled my salary the first year out just because all I did was focus on work and it just started coming in. I really like that idea. And a lot of people sort of go down the path that you need this pride, you need to build a business, you need to build something, but you don't. It's really, it's what works. And if what works is building something that you enjoy, that gives you the lifestyle that you want, then that's entrepreneurialism for me. That's what entrepreneurs do. They find something, they spot an opportunity and they build their own lifestyle around it. And when something else comes along, they assess and they move into that if they need to or if they want to. There's no real pride in being a small business owner. It's not, you know, if you're at a bar, if you're a pub and you're talking to your friends, yeah, brilliant. You can say, yeah, I've built a business and I've got turnover of X. But everything that you've said there is so powerful. If you're turning up and you hate the work, you're barely scratching the surface of the overheads. You're probably working three times as hard as you want to be working. Where's the pride in that? That's a that's a terrible situation to be in. And I think for, there must be so many other people out there like that. I mean, is it is it something that you've, as you've told your story, have you found people coming out of the woodwork and saying, you know what, yeah, I, I feel a little bit like that or I did the same kind of thing? Yeah, and I, I feel that it's a very, as just the same as entrepreneurial ship is a hot topic right now. I think that that level of small business is really just, I think it's going to be even bigger as we move forward and jobs, the normal nine to five that was your stability in the past. I, I think they're becoming less and less depending, dependable and less people are spending 40 years at one company and getting that gold watch and retirement. It's just, everybody's fearing layoffs and those that have the skill sets that can start charging for those skill sets and then grow into owning their own businesses. Those are the ones that can be self-reliant. And those are the ones that are actually, I think better off than the actual, I don't know, not that I'm ever trades versus college, but those that just have a college degree, but haven't focused on building their own, you know, repertoire of skill sets. Those are the people that if they get laid off, they're, you know, shit out of luck. (laughs) Yeah. They, They don't, they're not hireable other than what they've done up until this point. They can't apply the skill sets to other things. So yeah, the people have really started flowing to me and um, started just talking about that level of small business because I feel like the small business help that's out there is way over our heads because when you define small business as 50 or less employees, to me, that's, that's a pretty big business <laughs> from where I'm standing. So they're assuming we know how to use email and that we know how to, you know, all the basics of write-offs and taxes and legal stuff. We don't know. We're not at that assumed level of starting. So I think what we need to do is tailor the small business help to the level of small business we're even talking about and teach them to be more entrepreneurial and about the even free tools that are out there to assist them. Yeah, I I get that entirely. And I think when someone's got this entrepreneurial spirit and, you know, they follow a passion and they follow an idea, they follow an opportunity and everything that comes with that is messy. Like you say, you need to know about cash flow. You need to know about taxes, but no one's teaching that. It creeps up on you. You get things wrong. You make make a mess of things and you do things that you think, oh man, you know, this has caused me some serious headache. And 
no one's there to tell you. And I, th- I totally agree with that. That some kind of, especially on the trade side of things, my dad's an electrician and he's always been like that. And he, he loves business, but he, I mean, he's made some messes, you know, right off the bat. He'll say it himself that he's done things that he would look back and think to himself, well, that was a dick move. You know, what was that? And it's because he didn't know. He was an electrician that happened to have a business built around him. And I really think it's vital. I mean, I don't know what it's like in the US, but certainly in the UK. I think that the government and the education sector are starting to realise this and just trying to start to push business skills down the chain a little bit so people a little bit younger are getting into that. Is that something that's happening in the States? I have no idea about that. I think we're behind the UK. If I search for anything trade-based or skill sets or whatever, it seems like the UK pops up nonstop. And that's most of the resources that I find. The US doesn't put as big of an emphasis on learning a trade or a skill set yet. But I'm hoping that's what I can help change. I think it's vital. I think you need to... In fact, there was a good friend of mine, actually. Um, Mark Dudley, if you're listening, sir. Hello, Mr. M1, as we call him, his nickname. And he's a tradesman in the UK. And he has said the exact same thing. I mean, I mean, you guys need to talk, actually. I'll make an intro because he does the same thing. You know, he's looking at how can he help tradesmen in the UK learn the business side of things. And I think it's so, so important. It's just not, it's not really happening. And he tells the same thing to his apprentices. You know, learn the business side. I will help you. if I, Yes, I'm training you on being a joiner, on being an electrician, on being a gas fitter, whatever that is but I will teach you the business side. I will teach you how to quote for jobs. I will teach you how to respectfully chase money up. And there are so many things in business that we're uncomfortable with. You know, like I hate chasing money up. And if you got to add that to the myriad of other business things, it must just be such a nightmare, you know? Yeah. And speaking of being an entrepreneur on top of learning the trade and the business side, you don't have to perfect those skill sets yourself as far as cash flow and keeping the books and all those other things you can get help with those things, learn enough about them to manage the process, then pay somebody that can do it better and faster than you can. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm a massive advocate of that style of doing things there. I mean, obviously things like accountancy you are going to need, but whatever you need help in, I always find, as you've just said there, you've got to just understand enough about it so that you can manage the process and make actual legitimate decisions on it. But that's as far as you need to go. You don't need to become a bookkeeper. You don't need to become an accountant. You know, you don't need to become a HR expert. And I I think too many people, especially small business owners, we talked about burnout earlier. Certainly in the tech field, I work in sort of the digital kind of field. And in my field, it's very much around, okay, I must do everything. And that's when people burn out that, you know, there's a little bit of pride kicks in there that, well, yeah, sure. I can run this. I can do my own bookkeeping. I can hire my own staff. I can get all my contracts in place. I can chase on my own money. And it's like, why bother? It's absolutely pointless because you just, you are just going to burn out. You end up working at 9 PM at night, chasing up invoices, which that's not what you're good at. So why bother doing it? You know? Yeah. And you, you mentioned the tech field. So one conversation that I keep having over and over again is I think what needs to happen, especially moving into the future is we need to question Re, or we more or less need to redefine what it means to be a tradesman. In the past, it was electrician, plumber, just people that build your house. But, you know, as technology becomes more and more part of even those trades, there's new opportunities to consider yourself a tradesman in the tech field. I mean, like a website builder. I mean, 
anybody that has a skill set that they're charging for, they meet the same business model. And um, I spoke to like a sign language translator and we're laughing because all of our same our problems within our, our known trade are the same. You take the trade out of it. It sounds like we're talking about the same business. So at the very base level, we have the same business model, the same problems. And how do we approach those problems at such a base level that we can affect it across the board without knowing that specific trade? Yeah. And like you say, everything, everything comes around in business. You can, you can really distill everything down to some common denominators. And I think that's where the problems kick in. If you just don't have, if you can't get your head up out of the sand to figure out what those denominations are and you can't figure out where to get help in those, I think that's where you can get burnt out, which I think is, I think that's vital to the success of any business is just pulling your head out of the sand and understanding that there are people that do X, Y, and Z for a living and they're there and it's not that expensive. So why not pick up on them? I think that it's something that we all fall foul of. I've done it myself. And, you know, looking back, you think, what was I, what was I even thinking? So no, I, I love that. I really love that. And that's a really good, a really good way to lead into the famous excellence expected actionable tips section. So you've put together actually three actionable tips, Daniel, where people can really take action and you can actually build upon what we've just said there. So let's just dive into those. So actionable tip number one for people that might be feeling, I guess, a little bit under it all. I would say put a value on your time so that you can do as we were talking about and actually compare how long and how much it'll cost you to do this task compared to what you can hire somebody else to do it. And is it worth delegating that task? And that'll allow you to leverage yourself. That's very entrepreneurial. <laughs> it is absolutely. And, but it's something that we all fall, again, we all fall foul of it. We don't value ourselves. The imposter syndrome kicks in. We don't feel as if we should be running a business or we undercharge ourselves because frankly, we're too afraid to charge what we actually want to charge or we should be charging. And then when you turn that around, you, because you're in business and because you're so good natured, you give time to everyone and everything and everything is on the same level of priority. And I, I agree, if you learn to value the time and how to make the most of you and delegate some of the things that you'd previously uncomfortable delegating, that is so, so powerful because the time that you can get back and the value that you can bring into the business on the back of that is, is vital, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that when I ask you as a small business owner, when we're trying to figure out a, a quote or something, well, what do you put your time at? What do you value your time at? most of us don't know our shop hour rate. We'll spout out what we think it is, but we have no idea where it's actually coming from. So how we even put a value on a quote, it's kind of um, ass backwards. Yeah, I get that. I love that. I love that. So actionable tip number one, learn the value of your time and how to leverage yourself. Super stuff. And actionable tip number two, please, sir. Learn to tell your story in a way that you're not hard selling. You're involving your customers in a way that they're part of the story. You're not just a carpenter. You're, you know, third generation carpenter that is really focused on the fine um, detail side of things. And you're looking to grow a business doing X, Y, and Z, and they get to be a part of that story. And you could even go as far as using uh, like list building techniques that you know, online businesses use and apply them to offline business as far as like just keeping in touch through maybe a newsletter throughout the year to offer value to your customers. 
and you're never really asking for anything in return other than for their time to read it. And when they think of any particular solution that you give them or almost think of anything because you're always on their mind, they'll think of you rather than the next guy who's not doing anything to stay in touch with them. So you just want to involve them in your story and you're never really hard selling. And then that's how you get reoccurring business. I love the idea of telling the story. I, I really, really love that. And that's, I mean, this chat has been fantastic. I've really, really enjoyed it. And it is because of the story and the personality that you, that you bring to the episodes and that if you can translate that into business, into your marketing, the marketing just becomes so, so easy. So I think that is an amazing tip. Tell the story. Really, really like that. And the third and final actionable tip, please, sir. Now I'm torn because talking, I think I came up with another one, but I'll, I'll start with the one that I, uh, I told you I was going to say. <laughs> we can do four. That's even better. <laughs> so the one I told you I was going to say is invest in yourself. Learn. Actually, I can combine the two. I was going to say the next one would be learn from the mistakes of others, but it doesn't have to be from mistakes. Learn from the experience of others by investing in yourself, whether it's money or just time to connect with somebody that's been there and done that. So if that means hiring a mentor or being trained in a new technique within your field, it just, you can't put a value on the, the investment that you put in over the years of knowing that knowledge. So invest in yourself and learn from the experience of others. Yeah, I like that. I'm a big fan of investing in yourself. And I think when you're in small business and we talked about the head being in the sand and you sometimes do forget that, it's very easy to not do that because you don't have the time or whatever, you know, you can't follow up on things and you don't have time to build the relationships or check out new technology in your sector. So I, I get that. I really, really advocate that as well. And let's do a bonus tip then. So the one that, uh, the one that we didn't expect. Well, it was going to be learned from the mistakes of others, but I twisted it to experiences to combine it with the last tip. <laughs> I love that you tricked me. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I, I think learning from the mistakes of us, that it's actually, I mean, that sounds so obvious, but no one actually articulates it. In all the shows that we've done, that's never actually come up before. And I, I actually really like that. And we all immerse ourselves in, in, in reading and, you know, podcasts, thank God, otherwise we'd not be here. And so many people bring their stories to the table, but actually do we distill down what a, a real mess looks like? Do we distill, like when I look at back at some of the failures that I've had, can I honestly say that I've really taken those apart and built upon them? I'm not sure that I could. So the idea that you can immerse yourself in this personal development, you can actually, you know, this is a world of information which wasn't there 10, 15 years ago. You'd, you'd actually be crazy not to. It's like free learning. It's free knowledge that's there. And why, you know, why the heck would you not use it? Exactly. I mean, I didn't touch on this earlier, but I went to a vocational school as opposed to college and I went for automotive, which was not a field that I actually cared about, but it was just something to get me out of high school. They did offer a lot of information about building a business or whatever, but I was a kid and I didn't listen. I didn't uh, really value what they were saying. So a couple years later, I've done the construction thing and I went into the furniture as a 1099 contractor, I ended up owing $10,000 in taxes by the time I was like 24. So it's like, had I had somebody there to set me straight, I think that I could have uh, advanced just a few years sooner than what I had. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. And I, I think that's one of the bene benefits of hindsight. We all see that if we, 
like I wish I'd started that personal development journey much, much earlier. Um, and, and it's difficult to say that because you think, okay, I'm cool. I'm, I'm where I am and I'm enjoying it. But <laughs> it is the old, what if I'd have just done this three years earlier? And if I knew what I knew, I mean, it's the old classic, isn't it? But I think that's fantastic. Well, Daniel, this has been such a, a fantastic chat. And just before we wrap up, I just want to tell the listeners out there where they can find you online. So where, where can they connect with you, sir? Well, I'm actually building my own podcast right now and it will be launched. You can find that in the future at smarttradesmen.com. And in the meantime, I've been blogging over at danielericbowling.com. So just pretty much random stuff going on there. I love it. Check it out. I think you're onto something, sir, as well. I think Smart Tradesman will be a roaring success. So congratulations. Uh, I think that'll be fantastic. Really, really do. And guys, thank you so much for joining me and Daniel in discussing this. It's a topic that I'm really, really passionate about. And if there's anything that you guys need, first port of call, check out excellence-expected.com for a copy of the show notes. And I've actually got another favor to ask. I did ask this before and I just want to ask it again. Listen, if you like the show, if you like Excellence Expert, if you like what we're doing over here, please, please, please spread the word and tell a friend. In fact, tell 10 friends. We'd really, really appreciate that. Daniel, it's been a real pleasure, sir. Thank you so much. Well, thank you very much for having me. It really is a pleasure. And guys, don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.